Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Remember all those big dreams you used to have, and then life made other plans? With a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, it's time to bring those dreams back. Start your own business or commit to van life with a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Now, you could win the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4 that we have. Enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. To enter, get official rules. Visit danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. Have to do it by February 2nd for your chance to win. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get Thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships registry, Bahamas, Panama. Hey, welcome in. Doug Gottlieb here on uh, All Ball. All Ball. And if you've been listening to this podcast, we've had some good ones. And I've had a lot of pressure by a lot of you on social media, on my buddies on text, uh, Facebook, where we post this as well. Get me part two. David Fisdale, part two coming your way. In, in just a skosh, just a skosh. Um, I did want to discuss, I, I did want to discuss one thing 
before we actually two things before we we get to the, the pod uh, by the way we really appreciate you downloading subscribing rating and listen to the doug gottlieb show daily three to six eastern 12 3 pacific iHeartRadio, radio fox sports radio um or foxsportsradio.com as well wherever you download podcasts you can download like this one you can download that one as well because every day it pops out but um Look, the transfer portal has become a big part of college basketball, obviously. Look, I'm a transfer. I transferred. Everybody knows why. The, the, the other part to it was I was thinking about transferring beforehand. And I think of the transfer portal kind of like, I'm not going to uh, minimize COVID, but it's, it's a little bit like waves. You have the original transfers, guys that aren't happy. Um, then you have the, and you always had, you know, guys at a lower level now recently have wanted to transfer up. Now they don't have to sit out. One of the things lost, this is a big thing. One of the things lost in the sitting out when you transfer is you get better. <laughs> you get better. You need a year to figure out your new school, your new system to get better. A lot of guys are leaving places. They weren't playing that much. So you think if you transfer, even transferring down, like you're going to play immediately. Like, eh. and what we've done, this is the most fucked up part of the whole thing. Excuse my language, but not really. It's a podcast. The most fucked up part of the whole thing is we're so concerned about these kids that are leaving their programs to get to play right away. You know who we're not concerned about? We're not concerned about at all about the kids who are in the program. That's bullshit. That's to all of you who are out there like, they should, they should play right away. The coaches can lay the what? Like, no, that's not how it works. If you want to compare a coach to a player, you can't. They're not the same. From the, you have a buyout in your contract, okay? Plus, if it's a head coach, remember, you're having to move all of your assistants and your staff and figure out all that. You're responsible for everybody. You've, these head coaches who we talk about moving jobs all the time, it doesn't happen nearly that much. Like coaches moving job to job doesn't happen that much. And most people defend their, those coaches, the player's ability to move from school to school. But you know what doesn't happen? A coach doesn't go take a job where there's currently a player there. You're like, what? Like, yeah. Imagine you're a student athlete at pick the school. Pick any of the schools. There's no coaching change. And now all of a sudden a kid can transfer in and play right away. Now you might say to yourself, like, well, well, you know, you just gotta get better. Which you just you got to get better. You just got to be better than the guy that's coming in. And you should have sweat equity. And there's probably a reason that. But coaches are also like they'll take advantage of any loophole they can. But if we're really into protecting the student athletes, why the fuck are we not protecting the student athletes that are actually on campus? Not the guys that want to transfer. And I'm not talking about the transfers when your coach leaves. I'm not talking about the transfers uh, like that at all. Or you're on probation. I'm talking about just. Anybody can transfer and play right away. And we, ha- we do not care at all about the guys that are actually loyal to the program. None. We don't teach anybody the value of loyalty. We teach you it's better to leave and go to a spot where you can play right away. That's what we teach people. And that's wrong. And everybody in the sport knows it's wrong. Everybody. And I like, uh, this is not a personal attack on any of the people who are in my position or even above my position, right? Like one of the reasons that where I am, where I am is because I've always been an honest salesman and you might not like what I've said about the sport that I love, but I try and uh, do it from a a place of honesty. Like I got fucking idiot dookies. They're like, oh, why do you remember we won the national championship when you said we were alarmingly unathletic? Like, hey, dumbass, guess what? They were. And you know what they did? They changed from pressuring defensively to 
to loading up on the basketball and playing more pack line. And they put Brian Zubek in the starting lineup. Didn't make him more athletic, made him bigger. Became the best rebounding team in the country. Like, go and look at how they played. It was against Arizona State at the start of the year when they tried to extend, and Mason Plumlee didn't play. Then go watch him at the end of the year when they played in the national championship game, and you'll realize that it's a completely different team. So, look, you, you look back on the national championship team, and and by the way, they had, uh, I think, seven players that played in the NBA. But you had John Shire, you had Kyle Singler, you had Brian Zubek, Miles Plumlee, Lance Thomas, I mean, even Andre Dawkins and Ryan Kelly, who end, end up, he was only a freshman, became a, like, it's not an athletic team. It's just not. So, yeah, they were alarmingly, then they figured out what I mean. So, I've made this job because I'm a, I'm, I just say what I think, and usually it's, it's at least, by my estimation, the truth of, of the sport. And what's amazing about the transfer portal is no one has said, like, hey, what about the guys that stay loyal to their school and uh, they get recruited over and a kid doesn't have to sit out for a year? That's bullshit. And no one has defended that at all. Those kids don't matter. What matters is the kids that leave. I, I have I have one thought for you on the NBA, which you might find interesting now with Anthony Davis tonight. Again, this is um, this is dropping the night of his first action back in the NBA, which I'm going to be fascinated by. Anthony Davis is not a fitness nut. He plays on pure God-given ability and a love for basketball. It's not that he doesn't love basketball. He does. It's, he ain't, he's not LeBron. And LeBron, the second he hurt his ankle and they said four to six, he's like, I'll be back in two weeks. Like LeBron is all about his body, his career, him playing as much as possible. That ain't Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis loves to hoop. He just doesn't do all that other stuff. That's why you never see him shirt off in the locker room. You always see him with one of those tank tops. Not the, not, not the, he doesn't have the LeBron body. So it's going to be interesting to see when he comes back after this substantial amount of time off, how his body adjusts and if he can get it up and running in time for the playoffs. I, I have this thought that the Clippers are probably better. You know, I like Serge Ibaka. Obviously, that's worked out better. And this pod, by the way, wait to hear the story about Marcus Gasol and what ultimately led to David Fisdale's firing. But I'm, I'm going to be in- interested to see exactly how Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis suggests. Uh, the last thing is I, I've seen people kind of defaming the name of Steph Curry and his inability to carry a franchise and what suffers when he scores, you know, 41 a game over the last 10 games. And I'll only point this out. Not only does he have the best plus minus in the NBA currently, but that was a last place team last year, last place. Have they added some other pieces? Yes. One of the big pieces they added was the number one pick in the draft. He's not playing. So they don't have the number one pick in the draft in their starting center. They don't have Clay Thompson. And yet they're four games over 500. Why? That guy. This is the Dick Bennett argument. Like what Dick Bennett did at Wisconsin, getting them to a Final Four, and then rebuilding Washington State, that is Hall of Fame worthy. You just can't do much better than that especially considering where they were when he got there and where he left both programs. It's the same thing for, to me for Steph Curry. Like this is not a championship caliber roster. It's the West it's loaded. And he has gotten them to far exceed anybody's reasonable expectations, considering they don't have clay. All right, let's get to David Fisdale. This is part two. Part one was amazing. Initial foray into the NBA. 
moving boxes at at uh, at was it FedEx or was it UPS? I can't remember. You can download that. Download this. Subscribe. Rate. Write a little review. Here's part two of my talk with David Fisdale. So you're with Musk with the Warriors, okay? Uh, what next? So I did that for a year, uh, and we got fired. Um, after being the year before, Musk was the had the his team had made the biggest jump in all in the league history in wins. Uh, that year, at the end of the year, he and Chris Mullins just they didn't see eye to eye, so we got let go. And uh, I was like, "Oh crap! What do I do now?" Because here it is, I only got a year under my belt back in the league. You know, I really didn't want to go back to college. I was like over it at the time. I was just like, you know, the recruiting and all of that stuff. I just wanted to coach. And I go back home to LA and I just, uh, you know, had some money saved over the year and I stayed with my mom for like a month and uh, just kind of stayed patient and, and didn't get into anything. And I got the call from Chris Grant might have something for you. I'm like, okay, what I got to do. And at that time, Chris Grant was the assistant GM in uh, Atlanta Mike Woodson gets the head coaching job and Chris Grant basically laid it out so that by the time I got to the Utah summer league to interview, Woody basically gave me the job on the spot. And, uh, you know, there so began a whole nother relationship and group of people who I really, you know, had had a huge impact on me. Uh, what's, what's, what's Woody like? Cause I, I don't know oh. Woody well. I know <laughs> some people that know Woody. And everybody that knows Woody likes Woody. Yeah. Right? If you don't like Woody, there's something wrong with you. That's how I always looked at it. Like, but, but like, give me the, give me the, like, if you, you're going to give me a couple of sentences on Mike Woodson having worked for him and you guys were terrible, right? Oh, like you, we went through the worst. We went through the worst. That's why the whole New York thing I went through as a coach, just going through the losing part of it. I think going through that with Woody was actually preparing me for something that I would have to face as a head coach at some point myself and have to face my own ego down that way. But working for Woody was a joy. He didn't police you. He told you what he expected. And then he let you go to work. And you just like working with him because he was so fun. Woody, one, I'm just the type of person, I love people that can laugh at themselves. And Woody had an incredible infectious ability to just, you know, he could play the serious guy, but boy, could he laugh at himself and could he take ownership of a screw up or like, I remember once he said, we read a, a, a ATO and he read great out of timeout stuff. And, and then when it was, and he came over to me, he said, I can't believe you let me run that terrible play. And I said, it looked good on the board. He said, let's throw that one in the trash, Fizz. He said, he said, he said, we ain't never running that crap again. I just, it was just so, he was so humble about it. Like he could play and he was like, he was like, I'm, he was like, that was the worst crap I could ever draw up. But he could laugh at it. And it just made it so fun, even through the losing. And we got better. We just kept getting better. You know, we won 13 the first year. I think it was like 20 something the next year. And then we got up to like, 32 maybe or 30. I don't know, but I know we made the playoffs by the skin of our teeth because of Joe Johnson and Al Horford 
the additions of them to the to the Hawks. Uh, and then we just went on. A, we had a crazy playoff series that fourth year with Boston, where they were the number one seed and they won it that year. Uh, we were the eighth seed and we pushed them to a seven game series. And if you look at the scores in that series, every game at home was like a three, three or two point game. And every game at Boston was like a 30 point blowout. They just crushed us. So it was, it was a great experience. And I just love Woody. I'm so happy he's back at his alma mater. And uh, those kids are going to benefit big time because he's, again, he's just one of the coolest guys who's extremely innovative and thoughtful and, and real. No, I, 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 it's interesting because when he got the job, I heard people say like, well, I don't get it. Like, what don't you get about it? Like, okay. First of all, every kid that goes to college wants to go to the league. Who knows more about the league than Woody? Okay. Plus you come off a guy who, and I don't know how much, you know, Archie, like Archie's wound super tight. So you, you always do the opposite, right? Archie's young, tight, you know, Woody's older, black, chills, cool, cool, chill, like makes total sense to me. Right. Archie's outsider. Mike's a connection to the university. Plus he's bringing everybody back. That's all mm-hmm. IU guys. Like all that stuff, all that stuff makes sense. I don't know if it means national championship. I just know I totally get it. And I've, I've literally never heard anybody say not one human being go like, you know, I don't like Mike Woodson. Like that's an amazing thing because the, the old coaching ism is like every year you coach, you make an enemy. Right. Like I had never heard anybody go like, I don't like Mike Woodson. They might go like, well, he does too much ISO stuff. or just this and that, blah, 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 blah. But everybody loves to do. You know, the, the one thing about Woody that I, I mean, he really taught me this. Like I, I, out of all of the stuff, Mike Woodson was incredible and still is, I'm sure, because I haven't worked with him recently, but still is, had the incredible ability to move on, to get over it. And what I mean by that is I'm talking, Josh Smith was probably the most difficult person to coach in the history of my career. Um, he was tough to coach and I love him and he knows that. So if he's listening to this, so what? Take it like a man. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> so Plus he was super young at the time, right? You know, 17 and a half, 18. He gets drafted in the first round into his own hometown. He's super raw. But he has an ego. And so it was him and Woody was like oil and water. Woody's coming from the Larry Brown school, just won a title in Detroit. You coaching Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace and men, Chauncey Billups. Like. And so now when I, when I watch Woody and how he handled all of that, what I, the thing I kept taking away from it is every time he and Josh would get into these, I mean, personal spats. Well, Josh would make it more personal than Woody. But personal spats, Woody could come back the next day and coach Josh like it never happened. I mean, and that's, that's not easy. That is a very hard thing to do, to keep your, your own ego out of it and to be able to come back and say, Come on, kid, let's get right back in the trench. Yesterday is over. Let's do better. Most people in our league can't do that. They have a hard time with it. They, may, they personalize so much. They get attached to this, this, this deal that, you know, this conflict. They want, I think they want to, we want to win games, but you also want to win arguments, right? Everybody wants to be right. Right. Everybody wants but it's, to be it's right. The, it's the competitiveness uh, of uh, what you do in your profession bleeds over into your ego, into the side things. Like you, you want to be, you want to win everything. Like 
you know, again, kind of that wiring of we're taught that winning is the, is the only thing. And so you want to win an argument too, when sometimes uh-huh. I'm not, that honestly, the hardest thing that I've had to deal with in my profession is like, sometimes you got to lose an argument, right? Sometimes you got to be like, hey, yeah. you can't, you can't always come back. You, you know, what I, you know, where I'm even, I'll even take it further, Doug, like what I've learned in this whole roller coaster is sometimes, sometimes we don't have to judge it as an argument. Sometimes you ain't even got to apply judgment to the situation. Here's a point of view. Here's your point of view. I'm cool. I don't need, it's not about winning or losing it. I respect where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. And can you get to that place, you know, with, with folks where it's not a thing of like, cause we all come into a situation with baggage. We all come into a situation thinking we know it. We got the answer. It fuels our ego. It makes us feel more, superior when we're right right oh, you, you're listen listen you're you're actually you made the point and it's a brilliant point earlier when you're talking about when you first played for hank egan right like because of your situation with your own father you came in with the baggage of that yeah hank egan the long time old school head coach he comes in with the baggage of this is how we do it right this is yes. how it's done you break down a freshman then you build him back up like hey but this is a different cat now you gotta you know and you take that, that's, that's everything. We don't have that, what's called emotional um, intelligence at times where we understand what the other person is going through. We're only focused on, on ourselves. Yeah, and you know what you're saying in a nutshell, Doug, is what we don't do because of this baggage we bring in. We don't give the other person space because we fill up the room with our own baggage, our own judgments, our own prejudices, our own idea about what is. And we don't even, we don't allow the space for a person to express themselves to even without just, we go into it already building up our answers, right? Think about if we just took a step back and we didn't go into it with any answers, with the idea of, I don't know shit. And you gave people space. We would build relationships a lot, get past the garbage a lot faster, but what ends up happening is we clash, right? Me and Hank and I clash, Brad and yes. I clash, we suffer. And then we come to a place where we start to give each other space because we start to see ourselves in the other. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs. For man manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow person. We see the insecurities. We see the ego. We see all of the stuff that makes us connected as humans. Forget race and that. I'm talking about just human beings. We start to see that after we go through the suffering with each other. But until we get to that, we just keep talking past each other. I'm right. You right. Always trying to be right. Always trying to. We're always in that moment of ego. And it's either trying to be superior the ego is either trying to be superior or it wants to feel miserable. And, and when we can get to a place where we suffer enough and we surrender to people or we just say, man, I just love you. I appreciate you. You know, if you need anything, I'm here. I'm open to you. When you start doing that more with people, you start to see a beautiful thing happen. You start to see people become. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm printing nonstop through the holidays. You got cards, gift tags, lists, cookie receipts, mostly cookie receipts. Plus, you got travel docs as well. You know, you got to get those reimbursements. And nothing will ruin the fun like good old-fashioned cartridge conniption. That's when your printer's pricey ink cartridges run out of ink at the worst possible time. And you can't help but lose it a little. Or a lot. It's frustrating. But, All Ball Community, you know what we do around here. We bring you tech solutions. And the Epson EcoTank cartridge-free printer is a great solution. Epson EcoTank uses big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Go ahead. Add some people to your holiday card list. No more running out of magenta when you're trying to make the season merry. No more having to apologize to your house guests after having a total cartridge conniption. With Epson EcoTank, kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. You can just fill and chill. 
who doesn't want some more chill around the holidays? Epson EcoTank. Learn more at Epson.com slash AllBallWithDoug. Beverage Sportsbook wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience. The foundation of that experience is a massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that live streaming of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on BetRivers Sportsbook right in your phone. BetRivers features top-tier customer service, ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night. Plus, they have this unique rush pay system, and BetRivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly. Customer satisfaction is always their number one priority, and BetRivers will match your first deposit up to $250. Now, unlike some other sportsbooks, BetRivers only requires a one-time pay-through to turn bonuses into cash, so you're going to experience a difference. Just go to BetRivers.com. You'll see it for yourself. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Remember, BetRivers Sportsbook. It's the place. Just go to BetRivers, B-E-T-R-I-V-E-R-S.com. Hey, All Ball community, uh, listen up. Two of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time you're 35. And it's one of those deals where you're like, what do I do? How do I avoid this thing? Is it smart? Don't be a statistic. If you're a little bald or a lot bald, fix it in a simple, stress-free way. Try Keeps, K-E-E-P-S. What you do is a virtual doctor consult at Keeps.com. And then the medications are delivered straight to your door. It's low cost with treatment starting at just 10 bucks a month for FDA approved medications and they can prevent hair loss. Keeps is more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And don't walk around with pattern baldness. We all know it's not cool. It just doesn't feel right. Prevention is in fact the key. So if you're ready to stop messing around, right? You got a new year, a new energy towards fixing the little things like hair loss. You want to prevent hair loss? Go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash all ball. You get your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com. Keeps dot com slash all ball. Um, this, is, this is the Hawks question. Your, your first so you had Tyloo was young. Yeah. Okay. And you had Kenny Anderson was old or older. Yeah. Right. And then you had, you had like Kevin Willis who, I mean, I'm sure he, if you, I don't even know where Kevin Willis is now. I've been told allegedly Kevin Willis is he never spent a penny of what he earned. Right. So he's probably still in shape. And got a hundred million dollars in cash in the bank, right? Like so, and and like the gun show is is perfect. Oh yeah, but the, you, but the, the arms was only this long. The arms, yes, was he had the T Rex thing going. Okay, <laughs> he had the T Rex. Is you know everybody's played with the T Rex dude before. Okay, so, but how do you and as you're still young, right? You're like thirtieth. Oh, yeah. Okay. How do you deal with the older guy who doesn't have it like he used to? The younger guy who doesn't can't do it yet because doesn't know it. Like, how do you and in trying to coach people is oh, very man. different from coaching college. Yeah, and and the, luckily I was I went to Golden State first, right? And I had us I had Cliff Robinson, rest in peace, rest in Lee peace, Axel, Avery Johnson, Popeye Jones, Calvert Cheney, Eric Dampier, and the young guys were Speedy Claxton, Mike Dunleavy. Michael Petrus, Jason Richardson, Troy Murphy. Those was the kids. So I had a veteran group who a lot of those guys ended up being coaches who was really patient with me and, uh, and really taught me the league. Avery and Nick Van So that's why Nick ended up being on my staff in Memphis. They literally took me under their wing as players and said, all right, young coach, you are a workout guy because we don't need to get better. <laughs> we just need somebody that can be there to rebound and get us shots. Yeah. 
And while we're going through this, we'll kind of tell you what's worked for us. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I can't even tell you the value and what they taught me that year. So give me, give me one thing that like Nick Van Exel, for example, because like boyhood idol, my lefty, I remember going to Minneapolis when he's in the final four. One thing that you learned from, from Nick. Nick taught me, regardless of just the post-up game on the court, guard post-ups, Nick taught me off the court what it meant to uh, when a player and a coach has a relationship and how to keep that between you and when things are to be disclosed to the head coach and how they're supposed to be disclosed to the head coach. So instead of me going to the coach and say, hey, man, Nick Van Exel said we got to start running more floppy. I learned real fast from Nick, nah, you just tell coach word from the underground. You tell coach, he and Keith Smart taught me this whole new language of how to communicate veteran ideas. Okay, okay, so word from the underground, what else you got? And then, and so the biggest thing Nick taught me was, really taught me how to stay out of the way of veterans when it's heated. You don't want to be that young guy trying to tell a guy something to do in the heat of the battle when his mind is on something else because he will bite your head off in front of everybody. Yes, and then, you, and, then you lose, and then you lose all kind of standing. In front. And so I never had to go through that. And Nick taught me that. Nick grabbed me. Actually, Nick and Avery, they say, hey, look, they used to call me young Fizzo. Oh, Fizzo. Fizz. Hey, we say, hey, Fizzo, Fizzo, come here. Let me tell you something, Fizzo. And he say, uh, and they say, listen, listen, you know, you don't have to be the loudest guy in the room. You just, you just watch, just watch and see what's going on and, and, and be patient. Your time going to come. You know, if we ask you something, have the information ready, but this might, you know, know your place. And it really helped me to understand that. And guess who they always came to for information? They called me Staples because Musk used to have me hold up these big poster signs where I would have to draw the plays and I'd hold up these big poster signs and shoot around. So my nickname was Staples. Staples. But they always came to Staples for, hey, hey Staples, what play is that? Staples, who, who, who they running that to? What they going to come out with out of time out here? And that became how I learned how to have an impact on the team just by being knowledgeable but staying in my lane. And Nick and Avery really had, and Cliff Robinson, God, he was so good at, at making me understand the league and how it worked and, you know, how people's egos worked in the gym. And I didn't even realize what kind of education I was getting. So when I got with Woody, Kevin Willis and Kenny Anderson and John Barry and those guys were, I was already prepared, I think, to, yeah. to coach them. You know, I was with a great staff of Larry Drew and Bob Bender and Herb Brown and Greg Ballard, uh, and Woody. And so it was a veteran group of guys who I didn't have to be Coach Fizz or whatever, you know, this persona that people have created. But just I could just be and, and learn and, again, just take the same lessons of, hey, I need to know everything so that if any of these guys come to me, I got the right information. Because, again, who do you go to for your information? The guy that's always going to give you the right stuff, right? And so I just learned how to be that guy. I learned how to put together the film in a way that helped the coaches so I could spare them some work. You know, I just started applying, you know, diving into service more because of how Avery and Nick taught me how my role should be, and it ended up helping me big time. You get back to Miami, okay, and Spoh's the head coach. 
right? Mm-hmm. When you got there, Spo was the coach, right? It wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, came back. Yeah. Spo, Spo was the head coach that brought me back. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't Stan when then Pat uh-huh. took over, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you get there, but now you, you like when you were last there, they barely knew you. Now you go, you go back to college, you go to Fresno, you go to Golden State, you go to Atlanta. Now you're a dude, you're an assistant coach. What's that like to go back? Now you can afford a car, right? All these good things. Oh, and you're back in Miami. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so, and, and this is a guy that you were in the video room with uh, almost a decade ago. It, uh, it was surreal, to be honest with you, D. It was like, uh, I'll never forget the day he called me. Because uh, obviously we stayed in touch. I mean, it was the cool part about the experience with the Heat is I never lost touch with with people that were really deep in grander. So Spo, Steve Stowe, who's vice president of their charitable for, of, of their you know fundraising department and all that, is really best friends of mine. Andy Ellsberg, uh, Randy Fun. The day I left to come back to San Diego, they stayed with me. You know, I didn't know Pat. I wasn't close to Pat. Pat was this. Superman. I knew Stan, but I didn't build, I didn't have enough time with Stan or Bob McAdoo to really become close to him. And, and so those other guys stayed in touch with me. And so we were playing Boston in that series, uh, Atlanta, Boston, and we were in Boston and we sitting in the locker room before the game, watching the, the TV and uh, Larry Drew nudges me. And I'm like, what's up? He said, look, look, look. He gets look at He's like, look, look, look. Eric Spolstra, new head coach of the Miami Heat, Pat Riley to steps down, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just thinking, like, from a friendship standpoint. I'm yeah, excited for your friend. I'm, Woody's moving me up in Atlanta, so it's already going great. I got moved to the front of the bench already, more, a little more money. I'm starting to pick up, get, you know, get a little steam. We're in the playoffs. You know, it's, it's going great. Well, so well by, the way, by the way, I don't want to hurt your train of thought. What is that like, though, to go to front of the bench? Like that is a, it is a real sense of accomplishment. It really is. A, you know, he called you in. He was on the phone. Do you, do you remember the? Do you remember the, the discussion? Yeah, I remember the conversation clearly. He brought me in uh, to his office and he closed the door. He said, "Kid," he said, uh, "I'm moving you to the front of the bench." And at first, I'm kind of like, "Okay, who's leaving?" And he was like, uh, "I'm gonna move Herb to the back of the bench." And I said, "Woody, I don't like it." I said, I'm just telling you right now. I know. I played for her, by the way, in in Israel twice. Her was a tough nut. I love him. I love that. Oh, he knows. I I squeeze his old head off his body. But he's a tough nut and prideful and with every reason. He's a genius. I mean, that dude knows basketball. He can write books on it. And so I said, I don't like it, Woody. He said, Fizz, this ain't about you from the standpoint of you and Herb or any of that. He said, you're ready to make this move. And Herb was going to understand it's time for Herb to sit behind the bench. It doesn't change his status or his career. He said, but this is it's time for you to make this move. And it's going to get you more money. It's going to get you on your path. And I never felt good about it until Herb came and talked to me. I think Woody, Woody and Herb talked. And I think whether he wanted to or not, Herb came to me and said, kid, I've had my run. You're going to be a heck of a coach. It doesn't change the fact that I'm here to keep my foot up your butt, but it's time for you to take that step forward. And it was just to get those, those sign offs, you know, you look back on your career, those are moments that, you know, those are the things that moved you along, man. And, and so, yeah, that getting that, getting that promotion was huge. And then, you know, getting the call from Spo 
Spo's call basically was, man, you guys are fucking battling. Hang in there. I don't know how you're doing this with your team against that Boston team. He said, but as soon as your season is over, pack your shit. It was like the ticker was going, the phone rang. That's how it happened, literally. You're sitting there with Larry Drew? I'm showing Larry Drew the phone. I'm like, so we're screaming because Drew knew spoke, you know, through me. And we was, you know, we all had friends and we hung out. We haven't gone to dinners when we play them and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, he hears spoke and Spoke goes, as soon as you're done, pack your shit. And that's just how he said it. And I'm like, what? He said, you heard me. He said, now go win a game. Click. And that was it. Played the series. We battled seven games. You know, incredible just incredible run for that kid, for those kids. And Joe became ISO Joe and it was cool, you know, and I packed my bags <laughs> and I was supposed number two assistant, you know, in, in a matter of a month and, you know, the rest is history. Like it just, Pat still didn't know who I was. Hey <laughs> man, that's what, and it was, that's what I love like, about it. It's so like, humbling and awesome. It's, I love the humility of it. You know, and I hope more kids, I hope if any kid is listening to this, it's good for you to just know it's a good dose of humility is always good for you. But I remember literally walking back into the gym, into the new arena, because we were in the old arena. We walk into the new arena. They're showing me around, blah, 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 all this stuff. Some guys are working out. I'm with Spo, uh, Adam Simon, who had been there when I was, was an intern there with me. Uh, you know, a lot of the same people were still there from when I was an intern in 97. So I had these relationships, but these people, you know, the heat don't change. They keep the same people. So I walk in the gym, all these people are hugging me and all this. And then finally I get to Pat and he looks at me and he goes, oh, I remember you. You were the video guy that I never talked to. And I'm like, hi, coach. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me, blah, 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 blah. Took me into his office, sat me down, basically gave me the 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 clear, hey, this is who we are. You know, stay in your lane. We're all, no one's bigger than the heat. We're all a part of this, blah, 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 blah. And he said, you know, and as I'm walking out the door, I'm walking out the office and he's such an ass. He, I, 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 he goes, hey, he goes, kid. And I turn around and he goes, like in his voice, he goes, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Riley, right? So I'm like, and I got like, immediately, I must have turned like white, like clear white. And he goes, I'm just fucking with you. And I like walk out of the office and I'm just like, oh, this. And his secretary was the same lady, Karen, who I loved. All other people were the same. And so I walk out of his office and she's crying, laughing. And she goes, welcome back. And hugs me. And then, you know, here we go. And, and none of us expected to happen what happened, but. Okay, you know, so, so July 2010. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So here's the, here's I'll give you where I was. So I'm at I'm at ESPN at the time. Yep. And I did a show. I think I might have done an earlier show. I can't remember yet. I was I, my show was four to seven, but for some reason, I want to say I wasn't done at seven. I want to say I was done earlier. I'm walking across campus with Scott Van Pelt. We run into Chris Carter, and I'm flying out to uh, Orange County to come back home, but to do uh, Jim Rome is burning. Yep. And, um, and uh, we run into Chris Carter and Chris Carter. He's like, Hey, he's going to Miami. This is like 
two or three days before, maybe even a week before. I'm not really sure. He was like, and, and like Miami wasn't really on the list. We didn't really like, it was like Miami, like New York. I don't no know, one Chicago. joined forces then. No one joined up with people. Right. Um, and so he was like, nah, man, I talked to Wes going to Miami. So me and Scott are like, Scott's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go check this thing out. So I fly to LA and the way Rome show is you have like writers, write These like kind of opening rants. So I think I did the first show was like July 7th or no, it was July 8th. Okay. And then after the show is the announcement. So I go back to the hotel and I go over to the sports bar at the, at the, it's like the Huntington beach Hyatt. And I go look and he, Dan Vita go to Miami. And I was like, Oh my God, I knew this a week ago. Why didn't I tell somebody like, I just thought it was Chris Carter. Like, who the fuck's Chris Carter? Right, right. You're like, how's he known as football guy? Right. He knows Worldwide West. And Worldwide West told him. So, okay. Take me through. Where were you? When did you know? What was your reaction? So, I was with D-Wade. I knew the possibility was super real. In his heart, he thought it was happening. And obviously, he and I were really close. We were probably closer than anybody there. And we went to dinner at Prime 112. And we went to a private room. The Miles, the owner there, set up a private room for D-Wade, his family, and his closest friends to eat and watch the announcement. And so D-Wade is at the head of the table, and I'm sitting right next to him. And we're all around the table. And these guys. Uh, a good friend of ours, Bob, who was D-Wade's photographer, videographer, is filming the whole thing. And D-Wade, uh, like, flashes his phone to me right as LeBron's before he's going out to announce. And I look, and he goes, and it's, I'm coming. Like, I'm on my way. I'm, on, I'm coming to Miami. And I'm like, you know, I can't really react at the moment because it's like, Oh crap, like this dude is we really about to make this happen because Chris Bosch had already committed. And we're watching it. And sure enough, he said he's gonna take his talents to South Beach. And we jumped up and screamed and went crazy. And we had and we had a party that night there. The whole city of Miami was a party that night when LeBron James said he was coming to South. Could you imagine? Like, you know, we're well, right there. They've done it a couple years before, right? Before they won the title. So Shaq had done it, and they had the big diesel trucks, right? And that that was cool. But this was like a completely this is different- a whole other deal. This is another yeah. deal. This was this was this is unheard of. Like this is you never saw a team come together because Shaq got traded. Right. Shaq was a part of a trade. You never saw star players voluntarily join forces to try to win a title. And so after that night, it immediately shifted to. LeBron's a bad guy. And the, the decision, the way he did the decision was low class and was wrong. And he became this villain, you know? And uh, I, I will say this, and he can probably, I can't speak for him, but I would say probably the hardest year of his life. Yeah. Arguably, uh, you know, personally, professionally, just the, the amount of just weight that he carried. Um, you know, really molded him. You know, that was the that was the hammer and the anvil and the fire that molded him into what we see was that year because the suffering that he dealt with after losing to Dallas. 
I can't explain it to you, really. It's, uh, I, I get emotional thinking about how painful it was for all of us. Spo and I cried. We got back in the office. He beat me into the office that next morning after losing to them. He was in there probably like 4.35. He might not have left. I came in about 4.35. And as soon as I sat down, we both looked at each other and started crying. Right? Because, you know, it's winning. It's winning. You got your chance right now to be in that group of people. And it was just like the lowest moment for me and my friend that I think we had felt ever, you know, it was just like, Oh my God, we just lost. With the so big what, three. what, what, what happened? I mean, like what happened? I'm telling you suffering happened when you go through. No, but, but what was, was it? Cause, cause look, I don't think anybody has, and, and Mike baby was a great player, but people forget that he was not good that series. No. So much he started one through five. You didn't play him game six. Well, what happened to lose the series? Like, yes. did, well, I, but, I mean, like, because everybody focuses on LeBron at the end of the series. He it was on us. It was me and Spo. Spo and I. Spo and I would take full and the staff. We take full uh, blame. Full responsibility. It wasn't LeBron. It wasn't any of those guys. Uh, now they all say it was them. Right, LeBron will own it and say I, I, I didn't play well or I, I settled too much. I, but systematically, we weren't there yet. We hadn't changed into what we needed to be to beat Dallas. Meaning what? Right? So offensively, we were still running the Miami Heat offense from Shaq when we ran the strong, the big to the strong side post and occupied the strong side post in early offense. That was immediate death. Yeah, because it, it had a guy at the rim. He had Tyson Chandler at the rim. for LeBron At least James. put him on the weak side of the key, right? At least get him. To, and we wasn't there yet. We wasn't there. So now LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, every time they came down the court, they're looking at a strong side block field. Which is Joel James, not a guy you want to throw to. No, you got Joel Anthony. You got Udon. You got guys that's not necessarily post-up players. Right. And so that's one huge thing that we ended up, you know, we burnt our hand that one time and that was it. We changed that, that morning meeting where we were full of tears was when we got on the board, but then defensively as well, we instituted switching and we really, cause the, the heat way was like, you do it how we do it. And if it's not working, you do it harder. <laughs> it wasn't, Oh, we going to not trap now and we're going to start switching. So Dallas, the best ball movement team in the league next to the Spurs that year, understood that if they could get two to the ball and move it, their shooting would take over from there. And that's what they did. They beat us with the pass. That was their mantra. Beat the heat with the pass. So those two things ultimately was the, the death of us that year. But boy, what we took from that when we were just honest about – see, we, we would have never got to that as far as I was trying to point the finger at LeBron, right? We would never came to the, the realization that we have to fix something. And so instead of blaming him, we owned it that morning. We said we have to do something different. The staff, the system. We can't just rely on what Pat and Stan and all these people put together, which is a great system, but it didn't fit what we had now. We got two super attackers – and a, and a big that can space the floor. Let's drop kick that shit out the door and let's get to running with an open floor. And, uh, you know, it just changed the way we played. And you saw that next year after that, you know, and what really, really made us vicious 
we were like wild animals that next year because they, it was a lockout year. So not only did we lose to Dallas, but we couldn't get back in the gym until Christmas. And they put us in Dallas for them to raise the banner. And it was like, we didn't have to say anything. We did not have to, it was not no, it was no fun and games. It was no big time scouting report. It was, we just took that leash off and those guys, they just attacked. And uh, we jumped on, I think the score ended up being a little closer later, but we must've had them down 30 that game. But it was just from that point on, that team had, had a system now that highlighted their true gifts and it allowed them to flourish and take off. Game six, the second championship year. Game six, the second championship year. Fans are leaving. A couple of dudes did interviews outside of the arena. Like, man, it was a great year. It was tough loss, right? What's it like on that bench? It was like uh, everything your mind could possibly hypothetically go through. What does this mean for the team, our future, for LeBron, for Dwayne, for Spo, every possible negative thought of what this means if we lose was going through our head. And to Eric Spolstra's credit, uh, he hit. He he put the board in front of the guys. We were down five with twenty eight seconds or whatever it was. And At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs. For man 
manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more. Getting an interview with Express can be as easy as a phone call. And with just one application with Express Employment Professionals, you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Make your job search easier by letting the professionals at Express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team. Express Employment Professionals is your one connection for getting a job. Visit ExpressPros.com today. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. He just kept banging the board. And I was looking around the huddle. The guys, their eyes were just darting because it was like, what do we do? And Spo just kept hitting the board saying, one play. Execute one play. That's all I'm asking you to do. Basically, be present. <laughs> Get all of the other crap out of your head and focus on the play. He drew up a great play. We ended up hitting a three. And uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think, missed the free throw when we fouled him. Yeah. We come so. back. We run a play because we had timeouts. We come back. We run a play that we have been running in practice. At every shoot around, pistol, pistol hammer, which a lot of teams run now. Uh, we ran it every shoot around, never used it. We run it to perfection. LeBron gets a great look, and everybody closed out on LeBron. And Chris Bosch gets a clean run at the rim. He, the awareness to know Ray Allen was backpedaling, all of that stuff that happened. I mean, and then think, when it was going to Ray, I knew we were good. I didn't have any doubt at all. Jawan Howard was calling it before it even hit his hands. That's good, baby. That's good. That's good. That's good. And that thing what's, went what's that? What's that feeling like to go from, holy shit, we could get fired, Right. It's, to, a, it's, it's emotionally, uh, uh, I can't, it's a, I don't know how to put it in this, in, to describe it, but it's a roller coaster. How you feel internally on a roller coaster of us, one of the old Colossus, like we used to ride Magic Mountain back yes. then, right? You get to the top of that hundred foot and you just, Ooh! and that's what it is. It's just like this wave of just like, it's so bad. I've told the story before, but it's the truth. It's so bad. The, that when we won game seven and we went out and we celebrated our faces off and all of the good stuff we did that night, the next morning I jumped out of the bed in an absolute panic, in a defensive stance, looking for my backpack, thinking I was late for practice because we had to get ready for pop and Tony Parker. And I'm thinking game this, we got another game and, and my wife is in bed. She sat up in bed. She don't say nothing. She's watching me. And she goes, babe. And I'm like, what, what, what? I'm like, I can't right now. She goes, babe, y'all won the title last night. I mean, so think about that. I was that gone. And so not, not only was I that crazy, I called Spo immediately just to say, hell yeah, we did it. 
He answers the phone. I said, dude, you won't believe what I just did. He said, man, I jumped out of bed. I thought we had another game. (laughs) (laughs) And we're both in this mode of emotion and just competition and just our minds. You know, you're playing chess against against Bobby Fischer. You know, Greg Popovich is Bobby Fischer. And you're trying to play chess against this guy. And so you can only imagine the sleepless nights and the video and the, and, the, and the data that you're taking in and the numbers and just trying to figure out any little adjustment to beat this guy. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it was an incredibly emotional way. But I tell you, you learn a lot about yourself uh, in those moments, um, you know, and, and you want to that's I think that's when 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 you want to compete at the highest levels of whatever you do what you get from just putting yourself in those competitive moments is the best part of it. It's not necessarily the fact that you hold the trophy or it's just what becomes of you and what you learn from it, which is really invaluable. When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? Did something never thought you would do? How about live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van? You could tour the country, whatever you want to dream up. And we're talking about Mercedes-Benz van here. Expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system. You're going to get five-star dealer network available with a gas engine. Now you could win your very own Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4. You enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. You go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and there you enter, get official rules for a chance to win this beautiful Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and you have to do so by February 2nd. Your dream is waiting for you. danpatrick.com, foxsportsradio.com. Some equipment described is optional. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, We reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Let me just give you my takeaway from Game 7, which I don't know. (laughs) And you experienced it, so I just watched it. Okay, this is my thought, okay? The Spurs were daring him to take mid-range and long-range jump shots that entire series. 
And he, he would hesitate sometimes, right? He just, he would get in the, he gets in this mode back then now, not as much where he wouldn't trust his jump shot some. And he, 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 you know, about Bron, right? It's about Bron. Bron. Yes. Game seven. No one had anything in the tank except for one guy. And he hit a couple early. And so he had all of a sudden his confidence was back, but it was the, it wasn't just the mental. It was the, He's literally the only guy. Everybody else you can just tell is falling down tired, right? It's the end of an NBA, NBA, NBA finals. The, the series was over. Like, just everybody's emotionally spent. Yep. And his ability to dial up energy that no one else has, considering all the, the weight he has to carry, that was the part that, that I will remember about game seven. His preparation for – what a championship season. Like, he doesn't prepare for NBA, normal NBA season. Right. This guy is preparing for the long war. And so his body, you know, is, is a machine. And it's not just because he was born with it. It's because he really, really takes every possible advantage of nutrition science, nutritional science, sports science, whatever it is, sleep. He is on top of all of that stuff. And, and what it told me, game seven really to me was what I, what I took from it was I, I had just participated in what was arguably the greatest NBA series of all times. <laughs> it was definitely in the top five. And if you look at the last play, Tim Duncan missed a chippy over Shane Battier to take the lead by one, I think. And he missed it and we got it and they had to foul us, but it literally went down. No, no, we got it. And then uh, we ended up, Bron ends up coming off a pick and roll to his right hand, seals the deal with a little 15, 17 footer, uh, like you're talking about. But i tell you the other thing that really helped us in that series was Dwayne and LeBron, one shoot around after, uh, I want to say after game four, maybe. They stayed an hour after and they shot pull-up jump shots until the cows came home. Every kind of pull up coming off of every angle, pick and roll, every single thing they they just drilled it and drilled it. Where it was that because it was there. What you're talking about is true. There was a hesitation. If you watch them, they were never in rhythm coming off because it was almost like it was like that shot I told you I took against Pepperdine. Right, I wasn't ready to shoot it. Right. Can't believe you're that <laughs> wide open. Yeah, and they were like, "Damn, are they really leaving me this open?" And so it took them out of rhythm. And really, I mean, they were going under the damn near the baseline. And so once they got to the point where they just shot it and those things started falling, especially was how hard it was to score in general in that series, that really opened up things for us. Um, you take the Memphis job after the next year, right? Um, when you, and your first year went, 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 went pretty well. If you could yeah. go back and grab David Fisdale and go like, hey, man, <laughs> you should go this way instead of that way. What would, it, what would it be? Um, I would shake myself stupid in how I coached Mark Gasol. I wasn't patient enough with Mark. And I brought baggage of my own into that, of what I'd heard about Mark and people that had, had to coach Mark before and all of this other stuff of, you know, ain't the easiest guy to coach and he's got a, a certain type of attitude about himself and – um, so I came into the relationship already with this idea that I'm going to break Mark into the guy I want him to be. Right. So you came in, so this, you come in as Hank Egan. 
make Mark the captain on purpose so I can hold him to a higher standard. Literally trying to push him out of his comfort zone. You're going to shoot threes. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But it, while I'm doing it, I never took a step away from it to empathize with Mark and where he was at. And, and so I got lost in that, that idea of that. And we ended up, <laughs> you know, as and he had a hell of a year, you know, you're talking about, um, you're talking about, uh, all defensive the team, right? A team that's established. You're talking about a guy who had already played at a high level, who had this career in Europe. Uh, and here I am, this guy coming in with this heat culture. They already got the grit and grind. It was a lot of stuff already kind of building up. And he came in with his own baggage and his own stuff, like we talked about. And so uh, that when he and I clashed that and could not find our way back to alignment, that was the beginning of the end. And if I could just go back as a more mature coach now, more mature man and talk to that young coach, it would be take a deep breath, take a step back and look at the whole picture and look at how the dominoes fall when you look at the whole picture. Uh, and, you know, the best part about it, again, you know, no one wants to get fired. And the worst part about getting fired for me is the people that end up losing their jobs with me. Right, right. Uh, you never want that. And that always kind of haunts you. But the best thing out of that was Mark, when I got the New York job, Mark was the first guy to hit me and sent me the most beautiful text that made me cry. Like I broke down so bad sitting in the office in New York because of the text he sent me. And it was just like everything I wanted him to get, what I was trying to get him to get, he got yeah. it. And put his after your gun. Yeah. Yeah. And he and not only did he get it, he forgave me. Yeah. And I had been begging for his forgiveness before that because I had apologized to him multiple times about just where we were, you know, trying to clean it up. Right. While we're together still, you know, not to save my job, but for the benefit of winning and team and being able to own when I screw up. And but Mark at the time, Mark, you know. He was like, dude, I ain't hearing you right now. And that's how it gets. It gets that way because everybody's got their own life. But for him to come back and say that stuff. And then now we have, we're literally, it's, we're better off than where we even started in the very beginning because our wives are friends. We keep up with his kids. He's in LA now. It's, and that's the beauty of basketball and, and how it correlate, you know, really coordinates with life and like, you know, there's a bigger picture to all of this. And so, yeah, I would take, I would shake myself by the shoulders. <laughs> how, do you, how do you coach? There's two things. When you know that your relationship with him, like this is on a, a much, much smaller scale, right? Like when you're coaching kids, sometimes, yeah. you'll have, sometimes you'll have a dad and the dad's driving you crazy, but you have to process like that's just the dad. And I got to just coach the kid fairly. Or even the kid drives you crazy, but you got to worry about the team and how it all kind of affects it. How do you coach an NBA team and you're trying to win and not and 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 kind of compartmentalize the, yeah. the the struggles in your relationship with your star player? How, how, how do you do that? It's a very difficult dance. And at some point, again, it all comes to a head because it's not it takes too much energy to to not 
be on the same page, you know, because at a certain point, even if you say it's over, but you know the beef is still there and all of that, just that air of energy will be a disruption. It'll be a disruption in the locker room. It'll be a disruption. It's just going to not be right. And so you just, for me, it was like trying, and this is why I'm where I am now personally going back into it. I think I got a much clearer picture of who I am is you really got to, it's a tussle, not with the player. It's a tussle with your ego. It's a tussle with yourself. And can you, can you step away from this identity of me and put that on the back burner for what's best for the group as hard as I, you know, cause you, all of us are all, our, our ego is a survivor. It's always trying to survive, survive. That's human nature. It's the, the, the human condition is, is that our ego leads us around everywhere. And so in that, in that type of situation, you got to try to suppress it as much as possible and just try to be as, you know, can I just give this team what they need? But at the end of the day, the team knows better than everybody. When it ain't right, it ain't right between certain people, especially the star and the coach. Uh, anybody knows it's the players. Uh, everybody else on the outside could be shocked by it, but the players are never caught off guard. They know what's up. And so it's very difficult to navigate. Uh, you try to lean on your staff as much as possible. The hardest part is like, how do I coach this guy without overcoaching him or making it seem personal? Right. Because now we have this little bit of this trauma, right? And so I just tried to keep it to where it was literally technical coaching. I stayed away from things that can be deciphered as bad attitude, bad body language, any of that stuff. And I stayed really close to technical. So did you set the screen? Did you time up the execution? Did you sprint back on defense? Did you do execute your role technically? And that's how I coached him. And I, you know, this bullshit rumor came, oh, he lost the locker room. Bullshit. That team loved me. At the end of the day, when it doesn't work, you get fired. But it just couldn't be sustained the way we were, we were, the, we were supposed to be the bookends, but here we are. Playing against each other. Yeah. And so it's just not a sustainable thing for the locker room, right? They can't, they can't hold us up. And so at some point, you know, uh, it just, it got to that place where we couldn't coexist the way it was working. And, and, then, and then how do you, and then how do you manage the owner? Cause you had a young owner. Yeah. You know, I didn't really have a relationship with that owner, unfortunately. Was that, was that a mistake at the time? Oh, in, in hindsight, um, it wasn't out of, let's just say it wasn't out of a, uh, it wasn't because of a lack of effort. Um, he just wasn't the type of owner that was around a lot and he had other stuff going on. And it's not, I'm not knocking him or whatever. And, and, you know, and maybe having a better relationship with them would have helped, but this is the league. And at the end of the day, he still would have had to make a tough decision, right? Like it was, it was at that place where Mark had to get traded or I was getting fired or both, and, yeah. you know, and, and that's what it got to, unfortunately. And so I just kept coaching the hell out of Mark the way I could to show the team that I'm not letting them off the hook because he got a bad attitude, but I'm going to keep coaching them. And as long as he's doing his job, that's where we got to keep it. 
you know, and, and Mark and I made a pact that we would coexist that way, even though we both knew we couldn't. And, uh, you know, it boiled over and eventually they had to make a decision. And they, I was the fall, I was the guy, not the fall guy, but I was the guy that they said, we're going to keep going with Mark. We'll move on with JB. And that's fine because that's the business. Did they call you in? Did you get a, like, what? No, what's, uh, what? It was actually awesome. Uh, uh, Chris Wallace came to my house that next day uh, after we lost to Brooklyn, I think. I didn't put Mark back in the game. Mark was obviously pissed. Um, you know, that again, we were here. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel like he was trying. He didn't think I could coach. <laughs> and it was all fair. And we were both, you know, here. And I, the ultimate power is, you know, I don't have to play you. And the, his ultimate power was, well, I'm a star. <laughs> so it just went back and forth. And, but, but to Chris Wallace's credit, as he and Ed Stefanski tried to work with us to come back together and figure this whole thing out, uh, Chris came to my house. And so as I opened the door, he said, uh, he reached out his hand. I shook his hand. He said, God let you go, coach. <laughs> and I said, come on in. And I brought him into the house and we sat there, we drank a glass of wine and talked and, you know, I apologized for my lack of maturity in leading him and, uh, and my, you know, really owned my part in it uh, as much as I possibly could and thanked him and just told him, you know, I'd be happy, you know, whatever you need from me, I'm here. And, and please just give JB Bickerstaff a, every opportunity to be the next head coach and give him a chance to run his own program and don't hold my my behavior and my actions uh, over his head. You know, that was my big talk to them and trying to look out for the, you know, I still had JB, Keith Smart, Nick Van so all of those guys were there. Bob Bender uh, was still there. So I, I really wanted to make sure I didn't do anything to jeopardize their situation either. But they were first class about it. Um, you know, and, and and I think they even said quality stuff to the teams that called up about me after that. So, see, I thought they did you a favor in terms of the timing because it got you on TV, and what everybody knew in the league. Now the rest of the world kind of figured out, right? But there also is the you talk about the human element to it, right? Where you know you get fired and you're like, I'm never going to get another chance. Like this was my I'm done. <laughs> I'm cooked. He wa- he walks out. Your wife's there. What 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 would you what like? We're selling the so house. My like- wife. So the funny part is my wife had we were so so. Here's how it went. I'll tell you exactly how it went. So the night before, after the game, uh, Chris Wallace came to my office and we talked. And I said, Chris, if I'm the issue and I gotta be the weak link, cut. I'm man enough, I can take it. But what I see in a building that I tried to create where everybody feels valued and loved and uh, a building where you get as close to family as you can, knowing that it's still business, uh, I'm seeing a bunch of miserable people. Everybody's miserable because of this relationship. And I said, so I'm just telling you, I'm going to coach this team with every drop of blood and sweat that I have in me. But if I'm the person that doesn't, that's not supposed to be here and that's screwing this up, I understand the decision you have to make. And I know that's not easy. I appreciate the relationship we built, all of that. So I'm driving home with my wife late that night from the arena. And my wife said, oh, my God, how did it go? And, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. 
if I don't get a call from them first thing in the morning, I'm fired. <laughs> so didn't get that call in the morning. Kind of day kept going. I was talking to my agent and we had lost eight in a row. We had started off seven and one. We were like the hottest came out and then Mike Conley got hurt and then everything just went off the cliff. And sure enough, that afternoon, my agent called me, he said, Chris Wallace is on his way to your house. And the only time Chris Wallace had came to my house before was for like Thanksgiving or something like that. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm cooked. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I was. And I was, and you're right, it was like, oh my God, I spent 20 years to get to this moment. You know, uh, more longer than that, because forget that. What we were doing as kids was getting us ready for all of this stuff, because we were basketball people. I don't know how many, I don't know how everybody else's life went in basketball, but our community of basketball, you, myself, all of those kids in Southern California during that time was getting lined up to do more. Kevin Ollie won a national title as a coach. People forget that. We were being groomed. Jock Bond has been a head coach, is going to be another head coach again. We were being groomed to be what we are, basketball people. Adam Jacobson, coach. <laughs> you know, I can keep Miles Simon. Miles Simon. Moose Bailey is the head coach of uh, – I mean, we can go – come on. We can go forever with our crew of basketball. So it started for me then to be a head coach in the NBA. So when it was taken away and I knew I had a hand in it and I had to own that, uh, it was tough, man. And it was, it was, you really, I really, I, I recommend it to everybody is be real with yourself, self-reflect, tell the truth to yourself. Don't BS and blame and point fingers and all of this other crap. It doesn't mean beat yourself down, but be real about your, your stake in the situation. And that's what I tried to do when I got away from Memphis. We came back to LA, we hunkered down. I just kind of wrapped my mind around what happened, took a lot of time by myself, self-reflected, and then I wrote down a hundred names of people and different things that I wanted to learn something from, especially when it came to uh, leaderships, relationship building, all of this stuff. Because here it is, I'm coined the relationship coach because yeah. I got Bron and D-Way. But here it is. I get fired because of my relationship with my player, a relationship. Yeah. So I just went into study mode and I would drive out of my little, we, we rented a little house in Beverly Hills and it, it, it was big enough to hold me and my wife. We had an extra bedroom and that's where the dogs were. And it was just a small little house and I can drive down and meet with every team that came in. I can meet with CEOs. I can meet with agents. I can meet with writers. I was meeting with all kinds of different people. And I just tried to retool myself and deal with what I saw as a weakness as something that really got in the way of me, you know, being able to be the coach that I can be uh, to prepare myself for if I ever did get another chance. All right. I know you got to go. I, I do as well. Last thing. <laughs> and I've been incredibly gracious with your time. Oh my God, man. You kidding? Uh, in 10 years, where's David Fisdale? In 10 years, hopefully I am uh, being able to decide if I want to coach or not. And absolutely uh, 100% invested in hanging out with my family. And I got a newborn son. 
I'm dying for when I can coach them like you are <laughs> and just be able to, you know, I'm just going to be, I, I can see where I'm going. The path I'm on right now is uh, one, I'll be a much uh, more season wise uh, uh, present coach. Um, but I'll definitely be in a position where I can walk away from it if I want to. And I can just be a, a family guy if I want to. Um, Kobe or magic? Jesus Christ. Where did that come from? Doug? Well, we start, we, it's, it, it's everybody does LeBron or Jordan. It's a bad conversation, different players. So is magic and Kobe, but magic was like, Kobe's the greatest Laker ever. Like, dude, hold on. I was alive. So, so that's what I've said. It's, tr- it's strictly bias for me, but I'm a magic guy because magic Johnson, he won. He might as well have came out of high school. But he made a pit stop in college and dominated well, that. Yes. Yeah. Dominated that. But then he came into the league and won a title. His rookie. <laughs> he played center. Yeah. Yeah. It was like if it was like, you know, LeBron, his rookie year, Ilgowskis goes down, but not Ilgowskis, Kareem Abdul Jabbar goes down, the, right. arguably the greatest player to ever play the game. And you take the whole thing and you put it on your shoulders at 19 and you win it. So Magic is my guy. And I'm a Laker, Kobe, you know it, like all of us are. But Magic, because I'm generational. And I thought the other reason for me is for the reasons that people like Kobe because he was cold-blooded and could hit that shot. I love Magic because of what we love him for. He made everybody better. And he, people forget the baby sky hook. Oh, he made the shot. So he created an unstoppable shot, right? The, the, Kobe had the fade, Jordan had the fade, Kareem had the sky hook, yeah. Magic had the baby. And it was unstoppable. Couldn't get to it, could not get to it. He's 6'9, he's over the top, he hit you with that big booty, hit your bang you back a couple times, that big butt, then he get into them little stutters across the lane, and he was roping you or diming you, you know, as well as anybody. But I just always felt like Magic. To me, okay, put it this way. Magic changed basketball. And the way you looked at size, position, pace, Magic transcended the game that way, I believe. Let's do this in person sometime soon. Congrats on your baby boy. I can tell you that when they get to four, (laughs) when you're like, this is my best friend. This is the greatest thing I've ever accomplished. And you it's it's the it's it's awesome it's hard but it's incredibly rewarding um you've been off you've been been off i appreciate you brother and look man seriously i want people to put this on air people don't understand when people go through their life and meet people but you and all those guys we talked about you guys had a hand in me becoming who i am and i hope that me sharpening your swords was getting y'all ready for what you did but more than that your father had a big impact on me and how I view myself and, and basketball in general. He always came to me and put his arm around me and said incredibly positive things to me. And that always stuck with me. So when he passed, that hurt me too. And I want you to know that he'll be missed. Because I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, brother. All right, my thanks to Dave Fisdale. That was that was awesome. Yes, you can retweet it. Yes, you can share it. Yes, you can tell me how great it was, but because he was great, not because of me. It was, that was awesome. 
Remember, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, daily 3 to 6 Eastern Time, 12 3 Pacific on the iHeartRadio app or uh, FoxSportsRadio.com, or if you download podcasts as well, you can listen to it. I'm Doug Gottlieb. My thanks to David Fisdale. This is All Ball. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.